Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. What's Wagner's rule of life number four? <laughs> Nothing good happens outside a strip club at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry, I understand I might be like a dog with a bone on this, but this is just fundamentally wrong. It is an insult, but let's tee this up. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 414-799-1620. I'm sorry, I think this is absolutely ridiculous. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you with us. Yes, Bucks game four tonight. I, I really, I don't have an opinion on any particular game. I think the Bucks are a better team, and typically I think the better team wins after seven games. The Brewers on a hot streak. Uh, winning all three of the games against the New York Mets. I was at the game Friday night, Eric. I had a wonderful time, except I might tell the story later on. I ran into, I, I find I find most of the people that work at Miller Park to be really good. Oh, the yeah. ushers, mm-hmm. I think, are absolutely friendly, outstanding, yeah. which is a surprise. It's surprising, then, when you run into what, who, a guy I'm calling Left Field Lou, the angry usher. Man, we ran into this guy Friday night who, I, he, he kept saying to me at one point in time, I'm being polite. I'm being polite, which tells me he would probably have been <laughs> talked to before about not being polite. And I, I might tell that story later on. But I'm it, curious what you would have been doing well, to that's anger exactly, some guy. That, I, I'm, I'm actually sitting on the side watching this, and I, I'm kind of like, I really want to ask the guy his name. But at that point in time, I think if I would have asked him his name, next thing I know, we would have been all, Okay, I'll tell, you the, I'll tell you the story quick. Here, you want to yeah. hear the story okay, quick? Okay, you're right. Because what, what would I do? Right. Okay, so Friday night, they're, I'm, I'm going with my best friend. They're giving away these T-shirts. I don't now. Let me just say, I don't take that. I don't want a T-shirt. I, I can't come. I'm not allowed to go into the house with another T-shirt. I get yelled <laughs> at. So I don't even want a T-shirt. Sure. Okay. So we we go in. This is Friday night. We we go in the left field gate, and right as we're getting in, they they've got these people. It's kind of a it's it's not the best organized thing, but they got a table, and they have run out. They've just run out of these T-shirts. Now okay. I don't want one, so I'm not participating in this. Well, okay, we go in the left field gate. 10 to 15 yards to my right, there's another gate. These are two that are just bunched, and they've got a ton of T-shirts. Mm-hmm. So the, the people at the table go, okay, we're out, but they point over there. So my friend who wants one for his kid, we start walking over there. Now, I don't want a T-shirt, so I'm just kind of like hanging back, doesn't matter. So he goes up. He's going up to the table to get this. Now, I understand they've got this. I'm sure they have a problem with people who want to come back and just grab right and multiple T-shirts. But, okay, they've just run out here. They've got them there. So he's walking over there, and he's heading up to to the table. Now, we've just come in, and we we run into left field Lou, the angry usher, who says he, he, like, Almost gets physical with my friend. You you can't have that, sir. You can't have that. He said, "What do you mean? I I just came in. We we just they they said you got the t-shirts over here. You can't have that. You have to have your ticket scanned." And my friend says, "Well, I, I had my ticket scanned already." So then he takes him over to this other usher, and they try to rescan the ticket. But it's of course it's already been scanned. Mm-hmm. So now I'm I'm honestly I'm standing away from this, just kind of watching this, kind of figuring out how all this plays out. And so he says, "That's it. You've got to leave. You've got to leave to my friend." And so now I'm kind of standing in the. Are, you're looking at me curious. <laughs> I, I have that. That look on my face i'm going wow i haven't this is this is really going in a weird way <laughs> so then i'm kind of standing in the back and he comes up to me and i i said at this point in time i said what's the problem you know because that, that really i'm like we've gone from like zero to nuclear in just a few seconds and and the guy says i'm being polite i'm being polite it's kind of like this captain Queeg thing with the marbles uh, and the cane yeah. i'm being polite i'm being polite 
And so now I'm processing this because I'm thinking, I'd kind of like to see, I mean, one part of me wants to see how this all plays out. Because <laughs> what I'm thinking is, no, you're not being polite. And, and I'm also thinking, I'd like to know what this guy's name is because I'd like to call the brewers later on and say, look, I, just, I think the ushers do a really good job. And I understand it's tough, but this guy has this issue and mm. maybe he shouldn't be in a position, you know, have him cooking hot dogs where he can talk to the hot dogs and say, I'm being polite, I'm being polite. <laughs> so he, he comes up to, I'm being polite, I'm being polite, you've got to leave. And I was going to ask him his name, but at this, so I'm processing all this, and this is all just in a matter of seconds, and I'm thinking, huh, well, on the one hand, for the purpose of the radio show, I would love to play this out, and I would love to say, what's your name? But I think at that point in time, he would probably, oh, God, all right, you know, and call security, and then we'll have cops, and then we'll be <laughs> And then and, you would have missed the game. Well, right, and I'm thinking, I just, you know, it's Friday night, I just really want to go see the game, I'm going to get a hot dog and a beer, and I want to watch the game, and I don't want the damn t-shirt in the first place, so I, I kind of... Now, my friend, he's like, he said, this is really, I'm leaving a bad taste in my mouth. He said, let's just walk away. So so we ended up walking away. But um, my guess Without is, a shirt? Without a shirt. No, didn't get a shirt. Didn't get a wow. shirt. Because, because I mean, it's clear. This guy was, he had anger issues. And it is very clear that it would have escalated beyond this. And, you know, I'm, I'm just, and it's all over this tea. And I'm sitting there thinking, I can't believe this is the situation. But I don't even want the shirt. And I, I would can have you lo- imagine, though, how many Jim Oaks they have to deal with sometimes? I, and I, I understand that. I, and see, that's why I, I get it. But, you know, obviously the fact that the guy kept saying, I'm being polite, I'm being polite, <laughs> that tells me that somebody had already told him. See, my guess is, and I, so I'm just calling him left field Lou, even though this was the gate right next to the left one, the angry usher. My guess is that everybody that works as an usher knows who this guy is. My guess is that, you know, in the break room, this is the guy that nobody wants to sit with because he, he's that way. But it was so surprising because, like I say, the, the experience at Miller Park, I everybody from the vendors to the ushers, Beyond everybody, cool, yeah. absolutely, cool. which is surprising now if the guy would have said to my friend look i'm i'm we know you just came in there but i'm sorry we have these rules that it can only be at this gate and all that and I, we were i think that would have done rule but would have probably understood it but that's not what he said he's just angry so that's but no i got to see the game and they won three to one and they won they won yeah three to one on that's Friday all night. that matters so that that is all that matters and no we didn't get a t-shirt but i didn't want a t-shirt anyways <laughs> but i am i am thinking now see grew should i have engaged because that would have been a better radio story because no you're saying just walk away local yeah. radio host right, right, right arrested for you know, <laughs> you know or or thrown out or whatever i, I am and again I, I but i was curious as to how this played out because i was thinking how does this guy deal with like like teenagers and stuff? Right, I mean, yeah. you know, you're or talking drunks. about right, you, right. We are stone cold sober, on our way to senior citizens, <laughs> and I mean, I'm wondering how this guy deals with again the kids and stuff. But no, no, I I did. I just I walked away. So didn't get the T-shirt. That's okay. Don't need the T-shirt. But um, that was my experience Friday night. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking I, I could have been tossed out of Miller Park easily for simply, I think, asking the guy his name. Because we were at that stage there. I'm being polite. I'm being polite. I was going to say, sir, what's your name? What do you want my name for? And I, that, that, and we would have gone down the route. Anyways, I'm going back Tuesday. Maybe I'll go in that left field gate. Maybe oh, the guy to left field Lou, the angry usher. Wish I knew his name. Um, all right. Let us get started with the. No, everybody, everybody's going. I'm sure everybody is going to be texting me, going, um, "Yeah, we know who that guy is. It's the same one all the time." Now, okay, let's get started. A lot of ground to cover. There's lots of local things. There's lots of statewide things. There's lots of national issues, and I want to start with a national issue and get your reaction to it. Cory Booker is running for 
president. He is a senator from New Jersey. He's behind in fundraising. He's having trouble getting traction. He has come out with a gun control proposal that will find a lot of interest from certain people. I think this goes way too far. I will tell you about it next. If you're on, stick around. We'll discuss whether or not we need to get to this point when it comes to gun control in this country. This is Jeff Wagner. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right. Cory Booker wants to be the president of the United States. He's having trouble gaining traction. Just this morning, he came out with a gun control proposal that he thinks will get himself attention. It it will. I'm not sure it's going to be the right kind of attention. Here is his idea. He says that you have to have a driver's license to drive a car. So you should need to have a license to own a firearm. Here is his deal, and I this is the proposal. And he, by the way, says that if he is elected president, the day he is sworn in, he will issue executive orders in an attempt to do this. This is what he's going to do. He's, he's going to do you know what President Trump did by saying, okay, I'm going to take this money, I'm going to declare a national emergency. This is what he is going to do. He's going to use his claimed executive power to do this. He says, okay, here is the deal. Before you would be able to buy a gun, he, want, he wants a federal regulation that says that you need to have a license. You need a federal license. You would have to apply for a federal license in much the same way as one applies for a passport. What this means is you would have to go to an office that would be set up, you know, various offices, just like they have, I don't know, post offices or DMVs or whatever. You would have to, now I have the plan in front of me, you would have to go to a designated local office. You would have to apply for the license, similar to the way that you apply for a passport. You would have to submit fingerprints. You would have to provide basic background information. You would have to agree to and be interviewed. And and you would have to demonstrate that you had completed a certified gun safety course. So you couldn't just go buy a gun. You would have to go take a gun safety course. I don't know if that would include proficiency training or not, but you would have to do it. Okay, so you do this. You show up at the local office. You give them your fingerprints. You submit to the interview. You fill out the form. You pay the fee, and you present evidence that you have taken a certified gun safety course. The FBI would then look at what you have submitted, they would run a comprehensive background check, and if you pass all this, you would get a federal gun license. This means, once you have a license, that you could freely purchase and own firearms. The license would be valid for five years, and after five years, you would have to renew the license going through a similar sort of process, like you have to renew passports after 10 years. So that would be the rule. Also, you would be limited. You could only buy one firearm a month. So there would be a limit on that. Now, I don't, I spent the morning trying to look through this. I don't think that this proposal would apply to existing handgun or firearm owners. So I don't think 
that this would say, okay, anybody, in order to own a firearm, if you got a gun now, you would have to go through this process. I believe this would just apply to new purchases. All right, Cory Booker says he's going to do this by executive order the day he becomes president. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, I think, candidly, he might run into some problems with this little thing called the United States Constitution. And this strikes me as being blatantly and not even close to being constitutional. But let's talk about the policy. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Before you are able to buy a firearm, and again, this isn't just, this isn't a background check. Should you have to give fingerprints? Should you have to go down and apply for a license like you apply for a passport or a driver's license? Then, of course, your firearm is going to be registered, and then it's only good for five years. And, by the way, you have to go to a firearms training class as well. All right. Reasonable or not? 414-799-1620. Let's start with Scott in Wauwatosa. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Thanks for taking the call. Hi, Scott. Um, You know, first of all, not a single criminal that 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 has an illegal firearm is ever going to follow that. Right. But, <laughs> but you know, that's that's that needs to be said, I, obviously. But it doesn't make any sense, even for his, even for a, a, the prime, even pandering to his primary base, because there are sixty million gun owners in this country, and not and not all of them are Republican. Right. No, a good chunk of them aren't. Yeah. <laughs> right. So he's got to. You know, I don't understand where he's. Where his mindset or his or his team are going with this this argument? Well, I mean, I think the the argument is well, you know, we've had all these instances of gun violence, and we it's it's time to start getting serious about dealing with them. So this is his idea. Now, of course, the big problem with that is you're still going to always have people that get black market guns, and my guess is that most of the people who've been responsible, who were legally able to qualify for guns under the old system, would be able to qualify for guns under this system. All this is is a way of of, I don't know, making it more difficult for a law-abiding citizen to purchase a firearm. Exactly. Got it. Thanks for the call. 414-799-1620. Let's talk to 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, training classes. I mean, certifications. So, I mean, now I understand we've got, you know, Delta Defense that does see uh, concealed carry training up in West Bend. I, my guess is those guys are probably saying, hey, this would be great because, you know, we're just going to expand our business. Now, in order to be a firearm owner, you, you have to take one of these classes and you have to submit fingerprints. And that means, of course, your gun is going to be registered. So this is a federal registry of firearms. 414-799-1620. Ryan in Oconomowoc. Hi, Ryan. Hey, how's it going? Good. What Thanks do you think? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I, um, you know, actually, as far as le- like legislation goes, if it's something that we can bring up um, and, and debate um, in Congress and Senate and, and, and talk about it, um, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm okay with the thought of the National Gun Registry. I'm, I'm also in favor of the Second Amendment. Those things don't have to be mutually exclusive. Um, but I think to use an, an executive order for it is totally ridiculous. Um, well, that you know, that's the, the kind issue. of thing that completely turns me off 
to, to, to modern politics, what's happening right now. Well, you know, for but, everybody, and it's interesting you would say that, because for everybody a month and a half ago that was applauding President Trump's use of, okay, Congress has said no to money to build this wall, and everybody who was saying, oh, that's great, we're glad to see the president say, well, I don't care what Congress is going to say, I'm going to declare a national emergency and I'm going to send this money down. I was one of these guys saying, be careful what you wish for, because... You know, there there might be some other thing that you don't like, and you know, and and he's in this case, Cory Booker is being very clear. I don't think Congress has dealt with the gun issue. This is my idea, and I'm going to implement it, and I'm going to declare a national emergency to do it. Yeah, I just uh, I I think that that is just not um, the way our democracy, the Constitution. I, I mean, that's not how what this, right. how this is meant to be. Right. No, thanks for calling. And, and the reality is, I mean, you, you can have this debate, actually. Uh, you, you can have this debate, but a national gun registration thing, fingerprints, requiring some sort of gun safety course. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that, I mean, I, candidly, I think that if you, I think that if you own a gun, you know, you, you should, you know, take steps to do that. But I don't know that you need the government to deal with this. Plus, l- let's understand the slippery slope here. Even though my understanding is that this proposal is simply based on, is based on new, new purchases, it, it really, Obviously, what he would love to do is require every firearm owner in the country to have to go through this process, because if you're going to be concerned about it's not just new purchases. If you're concerned about gun violence, you want to know where all the other guns are that are on the street. I just think it's a stunningly bad idea, but it's Booker's way of trying to stand out. In a crowd where he, he's not he's not getting a lot of traction so far. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. All right, the announcement last week was the mayor, the mayor of the city of Milwaukee is using the Democratic National Convention as this excuse to say, okay, now is the time. We got to move. We have to expand the streetcar. And we want to run it, oh, I don't know, a mile to the north and a mile to the south. And we've already put in $124 million, And we want to spend another $168 million, And this is going to be so great for the city. We're going to go ahead and do it. The moment is now. Now, my cautionary tale has been, well, maybe you want to really see if the thing works. I mean, it's it's been around for a couple months and ridership okay exceeded expectations for the first two months not so much for the next couple months after that to the point that they even weren't able to tell what the ridership was you know and and again my guess is and plus it's free plus it's free and so you know what happens when it's not free and again the question to me with the streetcar has always been all right what what sense does it make to have a streetcar why don't you take at least a fraction of that money have rubber tired buses if you want to run a trolley service you can do that for a fraction of the cost but that's not where the mayor is so i have in my hands a, a letter that came out this is from alderman mark borkowski and alderman bob donovan issued this morning joint statement here's what they say mayor barrett secure our neighborhoods fix our streets and enough with your damned streetcar. <laughs> that is, that's the headline of this. Got my attention. Aldermen urge citizens to voice their opposition to the streetcar by saying enough is enough. Here's the text of the letter. 
to our friends and neighbors throughout Milwaukee who will never know a moment's benefit from the Milwaukee streetcar, please know that we hear you and share your frustration with an administration that has chosen to ignore you. We have heard you as you drove over streets left unmaintained and riddled with potholes, even though the streets beneath Mayor Barrett's folly seem peculiarly well-paved and plowed. We have heard you as you've wondered how a city with a budget of over a billion dollars could not find enough money to fund the repaving of even one alley in 2019, not even one, but could conjure resources sufficient to lay track onto the very same streets from which trolleys were taken a generation ago. We have shared your ever-growing concern as our police department has been starved of resources, deprived of police officers, and prevented from stemming what we all know to be a growing problem of fear, crime, and disorder throughout the city. We have seen, as you have seen, fire stations browned out, Libraries close even earlier, and street lamps go out for want of staff, all while the hop clanks half-empty throughout the darkness. This is Burkowski and, and Donovan. Now, the mayor wants to expand a system that is not complete, that he cannot provide proof that, okay. And now the mayor wants to expand a system that is not complete, that he cannot prove anyone rides, and that no one but him seems to want to pay for. Not, not one expansion, not two, but three. What madness is this? More to the point, what do any of us that care for the well-being of the city have left but our obligation to resist? Knowing the certainty of opposition to this proposal, the mayor is doing everything in his power to push this expansion through the Common Council as quickly as possible. You cannot let him. Note that we said you cannot let him. Our voices and our votes have been and will remain set against this absurdity. The other members of the Common Council, our colleagues, must know you agree with us. Call them, write them, email them. Their phone and email information is listed below. If you've never contacted your council member before, do so now. If you have contacted him or her before, do it again. This is where the Milwaukee streetcar must stop. To be direct, only you can make that so, and we will stand with you. And it's signed by, again, Milwaukee Alderman Bob Donovan and Mark Borkowski. I I do like the references up front about, hey, have have you kind of wondered how... I got a billion dollar budget. We couldn't find money to repave even one alley in 2019, but we can lay these tracks. Police departments starved of resources, deprived of police officers, fire stations browned out, libraries closing ever earlier, street lamps going for want of staff. All the while, the hop clanks half empty through the darkness. Okay, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are Borkowski and Donovan just, I don't know, hopeless horse and buggy thinkers relegated to the the past? They just don't realize that this is the future, that Tom Barrett is on to something. We've got to expand this and expand this and expand this, and this is the priority for money? Or, or, all right, might they be on to something, and is this a time for Residents of the city of Milwaukee who might want to have their alleys repaved or their streetlights stay on. Is this a time for them to say, you know what? 
this is just not a good use of resources. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Donovan and Borkowski throw down the gauntlet on streetcar expansion. They say the mayor is hell-bent on pushing this through absolutely as quickly as possible. They are trying to put the brakes on an expansion of Tom's Trolley Folly. All right, should they succeed? We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. Here's a text. One of the big arguments against the hop was that it didn't go anywhere. I'm not arguing the hop is a success, but this does address the argument. Well, and that's what the mayor has said all along. The mayor is very clear. He he understood that 2.1 mile original streetcar line isn't going to go anywhere. So you build it, and then then let's spend in this case another 168 million dollars to run it other places. Well, okay, (laughs) all right. Maybe you want to let it. Be in place for a couple of years to see how it actually works, and is it ever going to even bring in any sort of money before you decide we're going to double the length of it? Just saying. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Eddie and Franklin. Eddie, you're on WTMJ. Hey Jeff, thanks Hi. for taking my call. Sure. Love your show. You know, I'm originally from Detroit, and Barrett totally reminds me of Coleman Young from Detroit when he started with the People Mover way back when, which does nothing now, and. uh you know, it, it, Coleman Young used to hang a, a brand new sign in all the city parks. It said, brought to you by Coleman Young. A pretty new sign, and it was overgrown with weeds. It was falling apart. And here we got Milwaukee. It's literally almost like a parallel universe. I moved here to Milwaukee to get away from Detroit, and I'm seeing the same thing happening. It's like he's going to build this shiny apple for the DNC, and then once that's gone... We're stuck with the trolley. This right. is not going to really do anything. Well, well, right. And what about this? I mean, the thing for me, Eddie, is is what about the people in the rest of the city? And this is the point I think that Donovan are making or Borkowski are making. I mean, explain to me. Okay, maybe you can make the argument that the people in the immediate downtown area maybe you know benefit from this to the extent anybody's riding it. But how does this help any of the surrounding area when you don't have enough money to repave one alley, but you've got a way of finding a hundred? $68 million to expand a streetcar line? Really? Exactly. And, you know, I'm actually looking for homes, and I actually avoid looking in certain areas because they're just, you know, they're just not a good area, you know, for mm-hmm. schools or whatever. I mean, the streets are all tore up and because of crime or whatnot. So I'm actually, like, looking at a certain area because I don't want to be in a certain part of Milwaukee, and it shouldn't be like that. I mean, we need to focus more on those neighborhoods and not just try to shine up downtown and, and have this thing with, I know it's about tourism, but at the end of the day, Milwaukee's a big city. It's not just downtown. Well, right. No, thanks to call. And, and also, is this the best way to do this? And and again, I'm look, I, I, I understand that this is the hip and trendy thing. It, it, it's, okay, let's go back to the start of the 20th century, and, and we want to have the, these people movers that, you know, and I understand sometimes people ride them. Sometimes they're driving around and they're, they're three quarters empty. But the question becomes, is this the best way to spend money? And Barrett wants this to be as legacy i get it i understand that and this is going to be his legacy he doesn't want to leave until he gets his trolley built and 
right? As has happened in other cities, there's been a handful of them where it's been a success, Portland. There's been others where it has been an abject failure. And what's happened is, you know, after the mayor who pushed it comes in, the new mayor comes in and wants nothing to do with this. But Tom Barrett's trying to get as much built as he possibly can. Here's a text. Jeff, of course people are riding it. It's free. Duh. Once they start to charge uh, to ride, attendance will plummet. No way should they spend millions on a ride to nowhere. Take a look at the trolley they have in Kenosha. It is a ghost town. Now, here is my prediction. I've made this before. I don't think they're ever going to charge to ride. I I mean, they, they haven't come out and said that. But I, I think once the Potawatomi underwriting this ends, you know, if it ends, whenever that is, I don't think they're ultimately ever going to charge. I mean, there's not because the way this is structured is it's not like you have a, a ticket taker. It's not like you it's not like the monorail in Las Vegas, where if you if you buy a monorail ticket, you, in order to get into the monorail, you have to go through turnstiles and you have to put your ticket into the turnstile and it opens up. That, that That's not how the streetcar works. I mean, the streetcar is running on the public streets. You just kind of jump on it. There's not a conductor on the thing. It's essentially going to be the honor system. And that that's in the best case scenario. I don't think they're ever going to charge for this, which means that, again, the citizens are going to have to figure out some other way to paying for this and you know that's that's the question let's see um uh, let's see. I disagree with Donovan and Borkowski. I've seen the folly many times and it is far more than half empty. Somebody being and again look I I I understand that it's not going to be packed all the time and my guess is that Again, during the Democratic National Convention, people were going to ride it. My guess is during, you know, the summer season when you have lots of tourists here, people are going to ride it. And I've always understood that, you know, you, you, it's good to have ways of moving people around. But why in God's green earth do you need a fixed rail system instead of like rubber tire trolleys or something that are a lot cheaper and that you can adjust to, to the need? So, for example, during the summer, and by the way, they don't have that little stretch from the bus depot down to the lakefront going now because it's supposed to stop off at the Couture. The Couture isn't built. But, but okay, let's say you want to get people from bus and train depot down to the Summerfest grounds. I get it. Well, why not run rubber tire trolleys back and forth for the couple months of the summer? Shuttle people back and forth that way. Why do you need a fixed rail line? for something that very few people are going to ride for seven or eight months out of the year. These are the questions that I I think maybe everybody in the city figures, okay, we've answered them now, we've got it built, now all we have to do is expand it. At least it is nice to see Donovan and Borkowski asking certain questions that I think a lot of their colleagues need to ask. And like I say, they're saying if you live in the city of Milwaukee and you have a strong feeling about this, now is the time. Call your older person and let them know how you feel. I hope people do that. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Eric, our last conversation about the, these international calls, the, the one ring thing, a mm-hmm. number of people are texting an email or texting and emailing saying, well, the problem is we have phones for work. They're not like personal cell phones, so if it goes off, 
you know, we, we, it's a work phone. You know, we assume it's kind of a work call. How do we not call ah. back? You know, which is, and, and I will give you one. But if one, it were a work call, wouldn't they leave you a message? Wouldn't well, they find a way to get a hold of you? Well, you would think. That's number one. Number two, uh, this, at least at the current um, scam, the ones that we're talking about where you call back and it's a nine, it's the effect, equivalent of a 900 number. It's an international number. The phone numbers are funky. For for example, a lot of the ones that are going on right now, they'll have a country code. I mean, it won't, you know, typically, you know, in this country, it, it's 10 digits. It's the area code, it's three, mm-hmm. and then it's four. Yeah. Um, if you see a funky number, for example, a lot of these calls are originating um, from Mauritania, which is an Africa, uh, it's, it's, it's in Western Africa, and it's got a country code of 222. So if you see 222, all right, that, that's, you're, you're calling Africa. So don't, unless you have somebody who lives in Mauritania. Um, and a lot of them also, Spain. Spain's country code is 34. So again, if it's a, it's, if it's a funky number and it looks like it's more numbers than it should be or less numbers than it should be, Stay away. <laughs> That's like I said. Good advice. You got just, just, just kind of stay away. But I understand it's, it's. This is kind. Of, this is why I think this stuff is so insidious and why it irritates me so much because it preys on people who. I, I don't know, just aren't thinking about this stuff. And, you know, you want to be trusting, and you don't want to believe that there are people out there that are scamming you. But the bottom line is there are. Can I ask you something, though? If you miss a call and you see a number, even if it's like a 414, do you call it back? And of course just, not. Yeah, I don't either. No. So, I mean, but a lot of us must do that. Well, right. No, and, and, and all you need, I mean, I guess given, the thing is, given the, these computers and the fact that you probably have, let, let's say they're making, I don't know, 25,000 calls a minute, all you need is one or two people no, out of twenty five thousand to to respond. You know that's the that that's the thing because it's all computerized yeah, stuff. That makes so sense. no, but no, but I'm with you. No, I, <laughs> I if it, the, the truth is. Maybe this is why my social life is so limited. <laughs> you know, it's, it's because you know if if I get a call on my cell phone and it's not a call that I recognize, I, I don't I don't return it at all. I, you know, and if it's that's how I tell if it's a scam call or not. And, and if they leave a voicemail, well, half of those turn out to be you know the the mm-hmm. the robocalls anyways. Yep. But I mean, I figure if it's a legitimate thing, you're trying to get in touch with me, you're going to leave a voicemail and then I'll handle it. Right. So that's it. But um, again, two two two. Three, four, some funky number. Don't, don't, don't call it back. All right. Friday afternoon, during the 2 o'clock hour, we had Pick'em Paul from Potawatomi. Um, we were talking about the Kentucky Derby. Now, once again, as I said at the start, you, you know, if you find out the horses that I'm going to bet on and you go the other way, you will generally be correct. Now, I did, in this case, have the horses that finished well, before the disqualification, oh, I had the horses after the disqualification that finished third, fourth, and fifth. Unfortunately, they don't pay you for horses coming in third, fourth, and, and fifth. But I had the ones that finished third, fourth, and fifth. If you were watching the Kentucky Derby, though, you know the controversy. There was a, a horse, it was the number seven horse, Maximum Security, which was the favorite that a number of people had bet on. That horse was essentially in the lead the entire way. It won by several lengths. Everybody is partying. Everybody is celebrating. Hey, we've got tickets. We've got the winners. And then after a 20-minute review by the stewards, looking at various angles, they decided that we're going to disqualify the horse that won because at the top of the stretch, the horse 
came, they call it, you know, came out, moved over, shifted a little bit, and nudged one of the other horses, and that horse then nudged a couple other horses, so they ended up disqualifying the number seven horse. As I was saying at the start of the show, I went down yesterday, had a couple winning tickets from, from Potawatomi, I went to, I went to cash in those tickets, I wasn't there on Saturday, but I said, gee, what, what happened? And, and of course, after the race, you've got the places packed, everybody has lined up, waiting for the race to go official, Everybody has the tickets in their hand that they think are various winners because they bet on the favorite number seven. And after a 20-plus minute delay, they find out that their horse has been disqualified. And the horse that won was 60, that ended up being placed first was 65 to 1. So not a lot of people had money on that. Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The controversy was so much that even the president decided to get involved. This is the tweet that the president issued yesterday. The Kentucky Derby decision was not a good one. It was a rough and tumble race on a wet and sloppy track. Actually, a beautiful thing to watch. Only in these days of political correctness could such an overturn occur. The best horse did not win the Kentucky Derby, not even close. Only in these days of political correctness could such an overturn occur. All right. Well, this is one of those examples where I think the president is both right and wrong. Number one, with all due respect, I don't think political correctness has anything to do with, with, with this. Did, did, though, the stewards get it right in deciding to essentially take down this horse in the biggest race of the year? Our number, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I think this was a dreadful decision. I don't believe that what happened affected the outcome of the race in a material way. And moreover, given all the problems that the horse racing industry has, the last thing you need is a 20-minute review of something like this and then a result which candidly I think is going to upset a lot of people. 414-799-1620, that is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I guess you could make a technical argument that in the strictest sense of the rules, well, maybe they should have disqualified the horse, but as somebody who watches horse races all year, you see a lot more contact and a lot more stuff going on than that, and they wouldn't even think of disqualifying. 414-799-1620, I think the stewards really got it wrong. Um, I, I think, I think that this was, forget political correctness, but this was something that candidly, for people who have issues with horse racing and the industry and the integrity of the process, I think the stewards made a huge, huge mistake. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are disappointed at best, angry at worst. 414-799-1620. All right, did you see the Derby? Did you bet on the Derby? Did the stewards get it right? My answer is, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I bet on it. No, I don't think the stewards got it right. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. All right. Kentucky Derby, and it's the last thing, it is the last thing that the horse racing industry, which has seen declining attendance and declining purses, controversy this year with horses dying at the main track in California, Santa Anita, this thing was the last, the last thing they needed was the signature event for the year to end in this kind of controversy, and... Uh, 
The stewards, I, I just, I can't believe what they were thinking. And this is just bad for the industry, I think. Diane in Milwaukee. Diane, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Diane. Uh, love your show. Thank you. You're always great. Um, I've been around horses most of my life, especially breaking uh, young horses, greenies. And there are a couple things. You know, the track was changed from fast to sloppy. Because it was raining, right? Oh, it was terrible. So, you know, I think they robbed the owner. <laughs> yeah. The trader. But what what I see with green horses, you know, and I heard this a commentary, I think it was a jockey saying that there was a puddle in front of the horse and that last, you know, stretch drive. Mm-hmm. And and that's why he shifted. And and horses have different vision, you know, than we do. And when they see something like that, especially at that clip, a lot of horses don't like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. mud or... So I think that's why the horse shifted. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even so, Diane, you know, I mean, as somebody who watches a lot of horse racing, it right. sometimes when you see a horse shift, I mean, it, it really comes over a couple lanes. It's a huge shift and cuts off a whole bunch. Yeah. I, this was not that much. No. Th- this was not that much of a of a shift. And the other thing is, the jockeys don't have a real leg on the horse. You know, they're up in the irons, and you know, usually you can control a horse by putting your leg really hard on that side. To, but you can't. And these are really green horses. This was only the fifth race of this horse. So I think, um, I don't know, there's a lot going on. Omaha Beach, that was a horse I liked originally, and then he scratched. And, right. you know, there, you're right, there's so much. I never heard the the full story of what went on at Santa Anita when, when 12 horses died. Right. Yeah. yeah and, they, and so, I mean, I don't, and they, they're wondering if it's a track or something else. No, thanks. But I mean, it, it, this is a bad time for the industry. I, I will, t- I tell this story. Th- this is from my perspective is a better, the Breeders' Cup, which is next to the Kentucky Derby, arguably the, the biggest race of the year, 2014. It's at Santa Anita. It's at this track in California. It starts, and the horse that ended up winning, which was a California horse owned by California trainer Bob Baffert, he's the the white-haired guy that's on all the news, this horse comes out of the gate, goes due right, and, and knocks almost knocks over three horses, takes them out of the race, and then it goes on and it wins. And the, the, the stewards look at this, and they decide not to disqualify that horse. Now, I cared about that one because I had the horses that came in second, third, fourth, and fifth. I would have been cashing super effective tickets. It would have paid thousands of dollars. And I'm thinking, how can you not disqualify this horse for, for taking out all these, these other horses? But in my opinion, it was a California track, and it was California stewards, and they decided they didn't want to do it, and it was hometown. I, it was a lot more contact, I think, than what happened at the Kentucky Derby. 414-799-1620. Larry in Madison. Hi, Larry. Hey. What um, do you think? i got to say, uh, first of all, by them taking it down, it cost me to pick four, which cost me 940 bucks. <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Okay. But I think it was the right call. Okay, tell me why. Uh, well, he went over that two, three, wait, uh, you know, lanes over basically. You know, if he was if he was on a racetrack with uh, um, runners, they got to stay inside the line. He went out the line. He uh, it was the right call. Do you think it affected the and, outcome and of the race? That, and I'm not happy with it. No, 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 no. I understand. I'm not happy with it, do, do you think it affected the outcome of the race? I don't think it's as much that it affected the outcome. I think it's a, what was that happened that um, they want to make a send a clear message at 
this isn't tolerated. Yeah. Yes, we will do it anytime, even it's Kentucky Derby. I don't think it's much of the outcome. They want to send a message. This is not acceptable in this race or any other race. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Well, I mean, I guess I'm not sure. I see. I'm not sure that this would be the the race to send to send to quote unquote use to send a message to me one of the things you start with is saying okay this really did this affect the outcome of the race and in at least again this is just from what i'm seeing i think that seven horse was going to win regardless i mean i, I don't i yes it yes it moved over um our, our first caller diane said she, she thought it was a puddle that the horse jumped i i the other here theory i'm hearing is these horses aren't used to running with 125,000 people and when you come around that spot there's this huge roar as that as the horses are entering the back step stretch i i think it might have at the home stretch, I think it might have, you know, freaked the horse out a little bit. Again, in a very, very technical sense, uh, maybe you could justify the disqualification. But I, I firmly believe that, I mean, this was kind of a no harm, no foul one. And I understand the stewards are there to protect the field. But this is one like a replay. If you got to look at it for 20 minutes, I mean, in all seriousness, it's sort of like, you know, when you've got the, the plays for the NFL or for the replay in baseball or whatever. If you've got to look at it for 20 minutes to decide if something happened, to me, that, that tells you that it's not significant enough to warrant. I mean, it drives me crazy at the baseball games or the football games where you have these things, these replays and reviews that go on for five minutes. If you can't tell right away that the umpire was wrong. If you can't tell right away that there was some sort of infraction, seems to me that you you gotta let it go. John in Oshkosh. John, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hey. What do you think? Uh, well, I think they got it exactly right. Uh, I was with some friends watching the race. I uh, wasn't drinking. I wasn't impaired. Now, when that violation took place, I said to my friends, I said, did you see that? I said, I'll bet you that it will be an issue after this race is over. And uh, You were right. Thing, <laughs> you were right. <laughs> the, 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 the big thing is that um, there have been a myriad of disqualifications in the past. But the, the one that you were talking about uh, where the horse bolted in front of three horses, right. well, that's an odd one, but... Uh, there have been many, many, you know, had nothing to do with the Kentucky Derby. They weren't really big races. They were part of yeah. a, an afternoon of fun at, uh, right. you know, uh, yeah. And, uh, but at the, at the same time, something. at the same time, you know, as, as a horse better, you see a lot of situations where there, there is contact or the horse comes out a little bit. And the, the, what the stewards do is they look at it and they say, yeah, okay, the horse came out a little bit, but that horse was going to win. And so you end up letting it go. I guess that's what I can't get past. Well, stewards have a, have a huge criteria. They, they you know, and, and as far as 20 minutes, uh, a photo finish is always 20 minutes. This was similar to that in, in the way that they had to diagnose what was going on there. So really, I think that it was the right decision. It's mm-hmm. unfortunate that the, that the, mm-hmm. the guy lost the, the first horse, but, uh, Okay, I well, wonder, I, I get I, it. I wonder, have they paid off these tickets yet? Uh, yeah. Because of, because oh, oh of yeah. This. Oh no, no, they've paid them off, and what they've also—they're—they're they're giving refunds. Churchill Downs is giving refunds up to ten dollars for people who bet on number seven. Um, but I—I th- I think that's probably only people that bet well, at the track. But, they've appealed this. What what happens if? Uh, the appeal is uh, well. It's not going to have. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the the wagers. Yeah, they've paid all those off. It. I mean, yeah. thanks. For, it's only going to have to do with with the prize money. And look, and I I understand it's something that can be 
you know, debated. I will say, as somebody who's been betting on horses since he was 18 years old, I I, there, I don't know that I've ever recalled seeing a photo finish lasting 20 minutes. And, and yes, there are objections or there's stewards' inquiries, and yeah, you look at them, but I, I don't remember ever seeing one for 20 minutes. And I do stand by my position that if if you got to look at something from 20 minutes to decide whether or not there's been a violation, maybe you're looking too hard. Bottom line is, this was the last thing, the last thing that the horse racing industry, an industry that is besieged now this this controversy was the last thing that it needed but if you happen to have the 65 to 1 horse which i didn't well you're, that was your lucky day this is jeff wagner on wtmj melissa just mentioned that the stock market the dow jones industrials down 138 nasdaq down 60 which isn't good but but the good news is the Dow Jones Industrial Average opened up today, this morning. It was down like 500 points. The NASDAQ was down close to 200, I think. So, I mean, they've rebounded dramatically. You you might ask, gee, why why did this happen? Well, what happened over the weekend? What was this dramatic thing that caused this massive, you know, drop in, in value in the stock market? You know, was there some economic crisis overseas? Was there some huge problem domestically? And the answer would be no and no. The reason the stock market plunged at opening the opening bell was because our president can't stay the hell off Twitter. There's just no two ways to describe this. Over the week, they, they, they there's there's meetings that this country is going to be having with China coming up. I, I think they're they're scheduled for for this week, and on Sunday, President Trump decides to, in advance of these these meetings, take to Twitter, Twitter of all things, and send out a, a tweet where he is threatening to impose massive, massive tariffs on goods from China. So he says on Sunday he's going to increase tariffs to 25% from the current 10% on $200 billion of Chinese goods. Okay, so this is how you conduct diplomacy. He sends this tweet out, and what happens is it freaks out investors in the stock market it freaks out businesses who do business with china it's now got china threatening or at least their concern is that they're going to pull out of these meetings and we're going to escalate into a full-blown trade war now let me be real clear here i do, do i think that there is a problem with a trade deficit with china i do and do i think that you know you have to figure out ways to have more equitable trade i i do all i am saying is that if you're going to figure that out what you need to do is you need to do it in the context of, you know, having having people who really know something about foreign trade sit down, you know, and work out and negotiate better deals if you need to do that. You don't need the president of the United States who gets a wild hair up a certain part of his anatomy on a Sunday afternoon just grabbing his phone, sending out a tweet, all threatening to uh, essentially, you know, <laughs> double, almost triple the tariffs on one of the major trading partners partners with the United States and doing it unilaterally. So he freaks out everybody for no good purpose. Now again, like I say, you know, maybe you need to structure new deals, okay? But to threaten in a tweet on a Sunday that here is what we're gonna do, you know, we're gonna raise tariffs from ten to twenty five percent, which is a huge deal, 
that is not constructive. Now, it might be at your meetings, maybe you want to threaten that, but to do it via Twitter, to do it in 25 or you know, 200 characters or whatever, it, it leads to what happened today, which is an initial plunge in the stock market. Now, like I say, cooler heads have prevailed. The stock market has come back a little bit. Actually, these threats, it kind of upended the Chinese stock market today as well. And by doing what the president did, it, I think, made negotiations with China to try to work out a better trade arrangement. It made it a lot more difficult. I don't know. Maybe increasing the tariffs to 25% is the way to go. I'm a free trader, so I happen to think not. But I do know that regardless of this is the way to go, the way to communicate that is not on Twitter on a Sunday afternoon because it leads to the type of chaos that we saw and have seen in the stock market all day. And for all of us who have money, you know, in 401k accounts or things like that, yeah, it it should be a matter that we are concerned about. So President Trump needs to stay, for the love of God, he needs to stay off his telephone, keep away from the computer screen, resist the urge to send out tweets. Hillary Clinton Hillary Clinton needs to stay off the stage. Now, you might be familiar with this. She and Bill have been doing this this multiple city tour where they go out and they, they show up in auditoriums and arenas near you and they talk about whatever they talk about. And they, they have actors or something that act as the, the, the people that are questioning them. The tour has in general been a flop. Flop in terms of the fact that when they first announced it, ticket sales were soft. They had to drop the prices dramatically. It wound up, it finished in Las Vegas the, the other night, last night or Saturday night. It was at the, the new MGM Park Arena. I saw Cher there the, the other day. The thing seats 5,200 people. Well, as they're describing it, nobody in the balcony. They had to put, they had to like put drapes over the, the upper level of it, and there were lots and lots of empty seats in the front level. They dropped the prices of the tickets dramatically to the point that, you know, you could go on Groupon and it could be two for one. So, I mean, there's not a lot of interest in this. And I remember when I was at the share show, I'm thinking, huh, this isn't necessarily the type of thing. Hey, I'm in Las Vegas. Let's go see Bill and Hillary. But in any event, they, they had, they had the last show in Las Vegas. The night before that, they were in Los Angeles on Saturday night, and they were talking about various issues. This is the statement that Hillary Clinton made in Los Angeles on Saturday night, which is raising a number of eyebrows. I think it's also critical to understand that, as I've been telling candidates who have come to see me, you can run the best campaign, you can even become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you. You can run the best campaign, you can become the nominee, and you can have the election stolen from you, to which a number of people applaud. All right, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, just like I think President Trump needs to send, stay off Twitter, I, I think... I think Hillary Clinton is semi-deranged. I mean, you're still two years later going around peddling this idea that the election was stolen from her. Is she out of touch with reality? 414-799-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can be the best candidate. You can be the nominee. You can run a great campaign, and you could still have the election stolen from you. 
Is that what happened to Hillary Clinton? 414-799-1620. My answer is I don't think so. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So Bill and Hillary Clinton just wrapped up their delayed and ultimately not very successful evening with the Clintons tour, where they go to a number of arenas across the country and talk with like-minded people about the issues that affect them. Uh, Hillary Clinton in Los Angeles on Saturday night, she's answering a question, and she repeats the mantra, well, you could be the best candidate in the world. You could run the best campaign, and you could still have the election stolen from you. Hmm. Mark in Germantown. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Okay. Hillary, is she on to something, or does she need to get over it? Uh, I think Hillary lives in such an insulated world that she's uh, lost, lost touch of uh, reality. <laughs> um, I'm sure there, she, she's surrounded by people that pander to her and tell her what she wants to hear. And uh, everything I've read and heard about Hillary Clinton, um, she can be very volatile. Yeah. So I'm sure if somebody uh, disagrees with her uh, in the wrong way, especially <laughs> if something as dramatic as the election, yeah. um, she, she probably... Uh, doesn't like that so she's surrounded by people who are going to tell her what she wants to hear and that's the world she lives in yeah you don't you i mean thanks yeah you're right you, you don't want to hear that gee maybe maybe you should have gone to wisconsin and campaigned aggressively and instead of assuming that it was a given or you know maybe in some of these states that that the people just weren't that into you now i understand the electoral i understand that you know yes she won the popular vote but the truth is and, and this is my retro analysis of of the race i i think hillary clinton was a known commodity to a lot of people and at least in a lot of the key states people just either didn't like her or didn't feel motivated enough to come out and vote for her so they stayed at home which led to the trump victory Everybody had an opinion on her. Similarly, in 2016, Donald Trump was kind of the unknown commodity. 2020, Trump is going to have the Hillary Clinton problem. Everybody knows him. Everybody has an opinion about him. Let's talk to Anthony and Racine. Anthony, you're on WTMJ. Hello. How are you doing? Well, thank you. What do you think? Well, I kind of agree with you that Hillary needs to just accept the fact that uh, uh, the election was lost. And I believe she does a lot of the things that she does and says for the simple fact that the president does some and says a lot of over the top things as well. Yep. And I just think it helped give her the the motivation to keep it going because he can't let it go either. No, oh no, thin thin skin punches down. Absolutely, no, he can't. You're, that, Anthony, uh, you, truer words have not been spoken. The president can't let it go. Absolutely, he cannot. We can't be given right. Hillary. It's funny. He just he, he right. just can't let it go. It's really sad. You, you know, well, it, well, it, that's always been my frustration about President Trump is that he he you know, he, he won. You should bask in enjoying that instead of trying to relitigate this. Hillary lost. She needs to get on with it. But it's it's kind of like, okay, your, your election can be stolen. Okay, the election was not stolen. She lost. Move on. Get over it. Figure out what you're going to do with the rest of your life. That is so true. But I also like to say you have a, a very valid point with President Trump when he makes these these crazy statements and he tweets out this huh. stuff. It affects the economy in all of these different countries. And he acts like it's just a little toy, just 
know. Well, no, Trump I mean, be, Trump be a Trump. The, okay, the, the other, I mean, okay. Now the stock market, the Dow is now it, it's down seventy one. But as we were talking about, it opened up down damn near five hundred points. Yeah. Not because there's a problem with the economy, just because he sends out this tweet threatening to do something to China on Sunday afternoon. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> Watch the golf tournament. Go, thanks for the call. Go, go play golf. I mean, and, and again, the stock market's coming back, but it's. And I want to be really careful what I what I say here, but you know one of the one of the cornerstones of the Obama administration, and I wasn't necessarily a fan of President Obama, but one of the cornerstones of the Obama administration was no drama. That was the thing we want no drama. That's why they called him no drama Obama. You could disagree with his policies or whatever, but it was like I, I want no drama. I am, after two years of President Trump, even though I'm much more sympathetic to a lot of the policies, I am. I am starting to appreciate the the no drama thing. I mean, I, look, I, I understand there's going to be days that the stock market opens up down 500 points. I get it. But if it's going to be the case, I'd like it to be the case because some real problem going on, again, not because the leader of the free world, um, you know, gets gets, like I say, gets upset about something. And as far as Hillary Clinton, I mean, look, I, I, I understand it's got to be tough to lose a presidential election like this, especially one where you thought you were going to win and everybody around you thought you were going to win. But, I mean, what do you really gain by saying the election was stolen from me? Jason and Racine. Jason, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey, how you doing today? Real well, thank you, sir. Does Hillary need to get past this? Uh, she does need to get past it, but she never will. And the reason why is, it's because she says it always in front of her people, her news networks, uh, her book tour. And just like most of the Democrats, they will not go on, you know, anything with kind of or different or differing views. Yeah. So she's never going to have her feet held to the fire over this. So she can say and do whatever she wants and they'll clap and they'll applaud and they'll never get over it. And that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, yeah, well, that, I was kind of right. I mean, that she was giving the audience red meat. I didn't lose. The election was stolen from me. Applause, applause, applause. You know, you're right. So it's all that kind of, it's that echo chamber that might kind of be, I don't know, regardless of how distant from reality it is, you've got the echo chamber that's out there. You think she'll ever go on Fox and say this? Well, no, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I, I, I doubt that. No, thanks. No, I understand. And No, she's not going to be going on Fox and. At the same time, President Trump's not going to be going on MSNBC. But it was it was it was interesting because again, over the weekend, you have you have the leader of the free world who decides to take to Twitter and the stock market tanks, and then you have the woman who wanted to be the leader of the free world who clearly has not gotten over it. The one good news is the evening with the Clintons tour that again started last fall and then slow ticket sales, so they had to call it off for a while and then it came back and slower ticket sales well at least that's kind of wound down and maybe that the element is maybe the lesson is even even with the hardcore left people have kind of moved on you know they want to see whoever the next bright shiny object is and i guess well hillary clinton says she's not going to run again interesting some people are already starting to say that they're looking at joe biden and they're seeing like hillary clinton redo that they're saying like okay this is biden's going to run the same kind of campaign as hillary did i don't think so Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So, Melissa, big birthday at the Wagner household today. What was it? 
What is, well, was it your birthday? No, that's not, that's oh, next week. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, next week. Sasha. How old? Sasha, four. Turns four today. Oh, so cute. Turns four today. Absolutely. We're no, we're having a party. You right are now. having a party. Of course, we're having a party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love it. Well, it, no, it was it was like I'm I'm driving around yesterday, and I I, I call up my wife, and I said I, I got to stop by the pet store because I got to get Sasha a birthday present. She, yeah, May six was her birthday, and I I got her about six weeks after that. Was your wife surprised uh, that you were throwing her a birthday party? No, not at all. No? She okay. got on, oh. she got on board. Matter of fact, she said, "Can we give her some ice cream tonight?" I said, "Yeah, well, oh, you know, we typically cute. don't." But no, so I, I went and I've actually I got it. I was. I, got her a gift that she could use so she has a little she has a dog bed in our bedroom mm-hmm. that she like sleeps in and stuff um and but normally like i hang out in the living room she likes to hang out with me and she'll like be on the living room floor sure. so i went and got it got another little dog bed you know and and that's it so now she has something that she can be comfortable in when she hangs out in the living room that's so cute it is in my my wife she said she said, she looked at me and said I never thought I would reach a point in my life where I would allow a dog bed to be in my living room. Oh, it's, just, yeah. it's a small little thing. And it probably says a cute looking dog bed. She said it, it matches the rug. That's good. <laughs> so that, oh. it, do, it does, in fact, match the rug. Well, but, Sasha won't know what hit her tonight when she gets ice cream. Right, and, and, and all that treats. type of stuff. So, you know, happy birthday to oh, that's um, adorable. Sasha the Wonder Dog. You she's need turned to four. Post a photo of that. Post online. a photo of her yeah, in the dog bed. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, super okay, cute. Well, maybe we'll work on that. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, one of the things that's associated with birthdays are balloons, right? All right, there was a story. This come, Fox 6 had the story, so I want to go give credit where credit is due. If some people get their way, we will probably be living shortly in a world without balloons. Yes, yes, a world without balloons. Now, you've seen this. You know, we, we can't have plastic straws anymore because they pollute the environment. Here, Here is the deal. Have you ever, Gru, who's producing the show today and always, have you ever been per, a part of like a balloon release, you know, where like you're there and a massive release of balloons? Like a like a balloon drop, you mean, from the ceiling? No, 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 a balloon release, like where you, you go to an event and for something you just release the balloon and it goes up in the air. No, no but I, I know what you're talking about. Okay, yeah. It, for, when I was a kid, 4th of July, growing up in Glendale, they used to do this thing. At the the, na- the neighborhood picnic, the neighborhood had, used to have this big picnic, and what they would do is they would have a balloon release, and you would go, and everybody would get a helium balloon, and what you would do is you would write your name and your address, like on a on a card, and you'd attach it to the balloon, and then everybody would release the balloons, and so and and what then the next year, what they would do is the the cards, they would be like postcards, and you'd have like a stamp on them, and what would happen is the, these. The balloons would go all over, and it would ask people to send the card back. And the person who got a card back, whose balloon had traveled the farthest, won a prize the next year. It was kind of a cool little thing. Nowadays, you see a lot of these balloon releases as part of, sometimes they're part of memorial services. Like on the Fox 6 story, um, over the weekend, or last last month, you had a number of people who attended uh, an a, a memorial service for this um, this rapper, this Nipsey Hussle, who had, was shot in Los Angeles, and, and what they did is they had a balloon release as part of this. There, you know, the guy was 33 years old when he was killed, so they released 33 balloons as a memorial to him. All right, well, you wouldn't necessarily think that was controversial. However, there are a number of states that are now moving for legislation to limit the intentional release of of balloons. And this is all based on, again, the notion of pollution. 
mean, here's the argument. Again, this is the way Channel 6 story said. They said, well, you know, th- these balloons, they go up in the air, but at some point in time, they, they come down. And when they come down, even if they say they're biodegradable, a lot of times they're not, they come down, they can hurt animals because some wild animal can find the balloon and try to eat it, or these balloons have strings attached to them, and some people can get tied up with the strings. In addition, the story I'm looking at, they quote somebody, Danielle Vosberg, who is with the nonprofit organization Balloons Blow, based in Florida, says, well, you wouldn't throw... Yes, balloons blow. I mean, I'm wondering, how does your how do you choose as, as a lifetime object, uh, objective? This is what I'm going to be. I'm going to work for an anti-balloon outfit. Anyways, it's called Balloons Blow. Um, she says you wouldn't throw the balloon on the ground. Why is it okay to release it in the air? And then she goes on to say, and by the way, you know, these balloons, the thing that makes them go up in the air, it's helium. And don't you know, helium is a finite resource. You need helium to run equipment like MRI scanners. People don't realize these people need helium. People need helium for these machines and to keep loved ones alive. So I never realized that when I went to the party store the other day and I got a couple of those balloons and I had helium put in them, I didn't know that I was perhaps taking away the life of somebody who needs needs an MRI. Who knew? So anyhow. All right, so you got this national thing. Now, the, here's the local hook. Somebody, Fox 6, goes and they go to the Milwaukee Alderman. They say, well, what do you think about this? Now, Russell Stamper Jr. is a Milwaukee Alderman, right? And he's one of the guys that was the driving force behind this new ordinance to increase the fine for littering in Milwaukee. I am not in, opposed to the ordinance. I just don't think it's going to be enforced. I mean, yeah, how many $500 tickets are you going to give for somebody that throws, you know, something on the ground? And I'm not saying you should throw something on the ground. I'm just questioning whether it's going to be enforced. So they go to they go to Russell Stamper, and he says, huh, huh, balloons. Well, you know, my biggest pet peeve is litter. So now that you mention it, you know, I mean, I understand these do come down somewhere. Um, if there is a way to prevent balloon releases, I would definitely like to educate the community on it. Now, the city of Milwaukee says balloon releases are not covered in their littering ordinance, and they're not considered instances of littering. But I want to tee this up. Have we reached a point where we now need to crack down on helium balloons? Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. And again, the concern here is 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 balloon releases because I mean theoretically, if you buy two or three at the party store, let's put aside the fact that you're taking away the helium that might be needed to run the MRI. The issue is, I mean, theoretically, if you've got them in your house, they're going to ultimately deflate, and then you throw away and dispose of them properly. But what about this? Are we destroying the planet? By releasing these balloons and just, I don't know, letting them end up wherever. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Huh. I understand that there's a lot of things that we humans might be doing to that are not necessarily kind to the environment. You're going to have to convince me that we need to ban balloons. 414-799-1620. We discuss in a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Balloons blow. Really? You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. We're back. Let's go to a couple texts first before we take calls. Yes, just stop buying and making balloons. They are hurting the environment, and animals use biodegradable bubbles instead. 
So, all right, you're going to have that. Now, it wouldn't exactly be the same as when I was a kid at that 4th of July thing because, you know, where you send the balloon up and you see how far it travels and they send you a postcard back. Um, Let's see, biodegradable bubbles. Okay, here's another text. What's the difference between an empty balloon and a discarded plastic bag? There isn't one. It's garbage on the street. It is littering. People should get a ticket. Uh, James says, Balloon releases should be treated the same as plastic straws. Banned. Stop it now before we don't have a planet to live on. And then he says, I am kidding, of course. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Let's start with Scott in New Berlin. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Uh, Yeah, I have to come down on the side that I don't understand why it's littering. Just because you let it go and it falls a few blocks away from your home, it's not littering. And secondly, the story of I thought it was either 8,000 or 18,000 We Energy's customers lost power last year due to Mylar balloons and the power lines. And just the danger to those people uh, getting called out in the middle of the day, middle of the night, the weekend to go repair that because of Mylar balloons. That was uh, something kind of just glanced over in the story, but that's incredible. So you would, would you be in favor of banning balloons? I don't know about enforcing it. <laughs> by law, but I think uh, culturally, maybe that's a shift we need to make. Okay, who, thanks. Who wants the litter? Well, that makes, well, I mean, I guess that's, I, I guess that's the, I guess that's the question. Now, the legislation. I want to be real clear here. The legislation right now in a couple states that are looking at it and maybe Wisconsin should be one, would be saying that, okay, right now they're just talking about going after, like, the balloon releases. Uh, the So I don't think if you give your daughter, your six-year-old daughter, a, a balloon for her birthday and she's running around in the backyard and she lets it go, I don't think, even in the states that are already on board with this, I, I don't think the police are going to come out and go after you for that. I don't think. This is more like the, the orchestrated balloon releases. 33 people, you know, they gather at the memorial ceremony and they release 30. I don't know what the number would be, but is this is this really the problem? Are we really endangering the planet? 414-799-1620. Let's talk to Chris in Greenfield. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I am against the balloon releases. I've been on a number of committees like Relay for Life and other things as a volunteer, and they've tried to do the balloon releases. And if I'm on that committee, they ain't doing it. I'm sorry. I, we raise animals, and it's horrible to go out there and find balloons in your yard and having the chickens eat it. I have friends who raise cows, and they have the same problem. It is horrible for these animals, and we are an agricultural state. It should not be done in big mass bulks like that. What about in more limited results? I mean, would, I mean, would, you, ban, would you ban balloons? I wouldn't ban balloons, but definitely balloon releases because there's too many of them going up and too many that end up landing in the same area. Well, they are going to land somewhere. No, thanks to call. There's no question they they are they are definitely going to end up landing, you know, somewhere. And it is true that you know somebody does have to clean up up after them afterwards. I guess the other issue, though, is is this really where we want to be spending our our resources? And is is everything so fragile that now, you know, an, an occasional balloon that you know might turn up in somebody's backyard or might turn up in somebody's property is this the type of thing that we need to crack down on? And I guess my question is, if if you're going to ban the releases, the massive releases, 
why wouldn't you just ban the balloons in general? I mean, if, if it's littering, it's littering. Jeff, I think we have bigger issues, like murders in Milwaukee and around the country. Well, that's one way of looking at it. John and Grafton. John, you're on WTMJ. Yes. Hi, John. Hey, well, my idea on this whole thing is that I wouldn't ban any, like, you know, buying a birthday balloon for a kid or anything like that. But if you're releasing a lot of them, yes, it it, it is pollution. And I'm a conservative. I, I don't like that. It, it is um, litter, okay? There are other options. I mean, you, you could have somebody release doves for that commemorative. I understand you want to commemorate that person that maybe passed away, whatever. But there are people out there that have trained doves that will go out mm-hmm. there, fly out, and have a... Oh, there's all sorts of things you could do. I mean, there's all sorts of things. I mean, you could... The story I was looking at, you could plant a tree. You could light a candle. You, I mean, yeah, there, there's nothing that says that you have to do the balloon releases. I guess the question becomes, do we do we need to stop the balloon releases? Do you believe it's that much of a problem? Well, I don't know that we need to stop it as much as just put something saying that it's not a good thing to do, we would prefer you do other things. I mean, there are ways to let people know that there are, you know, this is toxic to the environment. It is to animals. Like your last caller stated, um, it absolutely is. Okay, good uh, enough. Thank, no, I appreciate it. No, thank, thank, there's, there's no question the balloons come down. Here's uh, Stephen Appleton says, I have long thought balloon releases are littering. You are out in left field if if you support them. I don't know. I'm just saying it's something that I have been engaging in for decades and decades, and I've never seen this as a real problem. And now maybe I'm just missing something, but I guess of all the different things, I candidly, I'm the guy that thinks that, well, it's nothing. The idea that we're going to outlaw plastic straws, I think, is a little bit silly as well. And we've talked about that on this program. Jackie in Sheboygan. Jackie, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Jackie. So my kids go to a Catholic school up in Sheboygan, and um, a few years ago they did a massive balloon release as a school. Um, Somebody had put together um, a a giant balloon rosary, and they released it after they said the rosary as a school. Mm -hmm. And the balloons um, floated away. It was, you know, the kids loved it. They were squealing and jumping around. And the next day they got quite a nasty phone call. From the Alliant Energy power plant <laughs> a few miles away, um, the balloons ended up tangled up in their equipment. Okay. So I can understand where people are coming from on this. Okay. So do you think the school should not, not have done it? They've never done it again. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about, I mean, would you draw the line at mass balloon decreases or, or should we get rid of these balloons? I mean, because it's, mm-hmm. you yeah, know. I work at Children's Hospital, and we do not allow latex balloons because of latex allergies. Right. We only allow mylar balloons. Right. So we have people come in with beautiful balloon bouquets that can't be allowed into patient rooms. Mm-hmm. So it's I can see where there there is an argument to clamp down on it, but... <laughs> yeah, but, but see that know. that is the issue. It's kind of like where, where do you end up drawing the line? Because we're talking exactly. we're talking balloons, you know. Balloons are happy. Yeah. Well, it, I get thanks. For, I guess it, it is, and I and see. And I this is where I I I wrestle with this because I do. Am, 
Do I love the planet? Absolutely. Am I in favor of clean air and clean water? Absolutely. Am I in favor of littering? No, put me down. I, I'm, I'm, against, I'm against littering. I guess, I mean, for example, where I live, we're in the flight path of Canada geese. All right. Now, you want to talk about these geese, they poop all over everything. I will tell you this. I would much rather have, you know, two dozen balloons, deflated balloons on the property next to me, the vacant lot next to me, so I can go out and pick those up, as opposed to all the goose poop that's out there, because my little dog, happy birthday, Sasha, um, she still hasn't figured out that goose poop is not a delicacy. I don't understand what it, there's no other type of poop that she's interested in eating. Goose poop, she wants to eat the goose poop. Yes, I understand, yuck, that's my reaction to it as well. I would much, see, I would, I mean, I would trade, I would trade, you know, a thousand balloons floating, you know, losing air and landing up in my vacant in the vacant lot next to me. I would trade that because it's easy to clean up compared to all the goose poop that's all over. Just just saying. So, I don't know, maybe it's a question of priorities. The balloons bother me a lot less than some of the other stuff that's out there and I'm waiting for the first person to get a ticket for littering because it's their balloon that's let go. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So, Gru, who's producing the show today and always, if if um, you think people are upset with me about, because I'm insensitive, because I'm I'm not anti-balloon, just, we got the 4th of July coming up, and you can see some of these emails, these tweets I've got, I can't believe that you, you don't, you don't, you're not in favor of banning balloons. No, I'm not in favor of banning helium balloons. Wait till the 4th of July comes up, Now I know you produced the show for me for a couple of years, because not only am I pro-balloon, and again, I'm, I'm not saying, I understand, 1.5 million balloon release, that's an issue, but I, you know, you want to go out in the backyard and your kid lets go of the, of the helium balloon, I don't think that's the end of the world but that's just me but fourth of july is coming up i am unabashedly pro sparkler oh and you you should whenever i articulate this you should see the tweets i get don't you understand that these sparklers put people in emergency rooms every year and these things you you know all that and and i i understand but i'm sorry i mean we don't bubble wrap people and yeah i i think you i think you should be able to have sparklers although the city of milwaukee's ordinance disagrees with me but yeah i'm I'm pro sparkler we'll have that conversation as we get closer to the fourth of july okay so yesterday while i was playing golf my lovely and beautiful wife um took my nephew and our grandson to see the avengers so took them out to the movie theater. We, we bought the tickets in advance. She drove them, dropped them off, bought them popcorn and soda or whatever, and then kind of picked them up afterwards. I, 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 was, I purchased the tickets. I think it was Friday night. I purchased the tickets, you know, online. And I, I was amazed because this was an 1130 showing in Menominee Falls at whatever the Marcus Theater it was in Menominee Falls. And, and even though the Avengers has been out for a week, there were the eleven o'clock show was essentially AM, AM was essentially sold out, and I would say the eleven thirty show that I bought tickets for was probably seventy five to eighty percent sold out. But we, we were able to get tickets. But the kids had a lot of fun going to the movies. I, I bring this up because the Avengers appears to be on track to be the highest grossing movie ever. Um, Avatar holds that record. The Avengers are going to, Avengers Endgame is going to blow past that. So people of all ages are going to the movies. At the same time, it's, it's tougher and tougher for movie theaters to try to convince people to go out. And, um, nowadays, 
in your house, chances are maybe you've got your man cave, maybe you've got your she shed, you know, you've got the big screen TV, you've got the bathroom that's right around the corner, you've got the refrigerator, you don't need to spend $30 to buy two sodas and a thing of popcorn, you don't need to spend $20 on the 20-pound Nestle's Crunch Bar, you know, you've, and with the the TVs that are out there now, with the sound systems that are out there now, with the live streaming and all the different movie services that people have, it's tougher and tougher to justify leaving your house, especially since a lot of the movies, well, you know, they, they show up on the pay-per-view services, maybe not right away, but they show up, you know, in 60 to 90 days, sometime sooner if it's a movie that's being, for example, made for Netflix that's also going to be released in the theaters. Avengers Endgame, getting people to go back to the theaters. I am an, I'm an, I'm a movie fan. There, there's no question about it. But I admit, and I guess maybe it's a function of age. I don't know. I admit that it's tougher and tougher. Even if there's a movie that I want to see, it's tougher and tougher to convince me to get out of the chair, get off the couch, leave my comfortable living room or, or den, leave the comfort of my kitchen, leave the accessibility of my nearby bathroom, leave my computer to go to the movie theater. And even if, you know, the tickets are reasonably priced, even if you can get in for 5 or 6 or $7 on a matinee or something, you still know that if you're going to get popcorn or soda, that's going to add 20 bucks or so to the bill if you're lucky. All right, 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, Avengers Endgame shows that people will still go out to the movie theaters. The question is, is this the exception or the rule? Are people still going to be flocking to movie theaters 10 years from now? uh, 414-799-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Will there always be an interest in theaters? Now, what you've seen is a lot of the movie theaters now have completely revamped themselves. You know, they've gone, they've made it more comfortable. You've got the more spacious seats. You've got the things that recline. Some of them are heated and all that type of stuff. You have the increased amenities. The Marcus Theater that I go to has a a bar and a restaurant that's attached to it. You're not just limited to popcorn. If you want pizza, you can get pizza. All sorts of things to try to attract people there. Is this going to work? Or... Is live streaming going to kill movie theaters? 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You know, people said that they thought television would kill movies. It didn't. People said they thought television would kill radio. It didn't. But all right, have all the advances we've made. Live streaming, all that type of stuff. Um, are people still going to be going to movies five and ten years from now? 414-799-1620. I have my theory. We will discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. So very glad to have you with us. See, here's the thing. I don't think movie theaters are going to go the way of the dodo bird. I do think over the next five or ten years, things are going to change, though. I think you're going to see more. I think you're going to see fewer movies hit the theaters. I think you're going to see the big releases, like the the Avengers, the, the tentpole type of movies. I think you're going to see more and more of those out there because they're what bring people out. Some of the quieter movies, I think you're going to see more of those go direct to 
home video or available on Netflix or, or whatever. I think that's where the trend is. I think you need the big movies to get people to come out. I, for one, I still love the movie theaters. I, I do, even though I don't go as much as I used to. 414-799-1620. Don in Waterford. Don, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, so I got a couple good points, I think. So number one, technological advances. Uh, I'm a millennial, so usually there's a way of doing things more convenient, mm-hmm. less the cost. Uh, your blockbuster, family video, those are doing away. They're already right. pretty much gone. Uh, the other thing, too, is the prices, of course. But, again, I mean, it seems like they're recreating all these classic old movies where they're almost ruining them by recreating them. They can't think of anything new to get us out to go pay, you know, high prices. Well, I mean, for example, there's a there's a Godzilla movie coming out this summer. It's one of the big releases. I mean, the, does the world really need another Godzilla movie? <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously. Absolutely, yeah. especially since all the originals are good. I yeah. mean, why, why recreate it? But but I mean, here's the, okay. But here's the thing, Don. All right, you, you know, you talk about a millennial. The the thing about movies, people are always going to people are always going to want to you know go somewhere on a date night. People are always you know maybe maybe it's one of the deals where you know if you're dating, you you want to take the your your girlfriend or, you know out out to a movie. I mean, there's all isn't there always going to be a demand for something like that? There definitely. I mean, I think there is. Um, you know, go bowling or something. But I mean, <laughs> movies. I feel like the the prices too are just a strat. They're, well, they're not. I well, mean, no, it, it is. No, thanks. For, no, there, there's no question. Like I say, my, my my wife was commenting on this. She dropped off my my ne- my nephew and my grandson, and she was saying, you know, I, I dropped them off, and I, I went in with them, and I got them a tub of popcorn and a couple sodas. And I, I forget what she said it was, but it was close, like, close to like 20 bucks. She goes, my God, you know, it, was, it wasn't just the tickets. We bought all this stuff. But, I mean, that that's where they're making their money. I mean, the movie theaters are making their money on the concessions, I, I think, because, you know, what they have to pay to license these different movies and stuff. You wonder if it is a sustainable model. Jeff, it's the 65-inch screens, awesome surround sound, nobody talking on their cell phones, no lines at the bathroom, can eat or drink as I please, and dress or undress as I please, all reasons to stay home and watch. Well, I mean, I think there's some validity to that. Again, at the same time, I think sometimes people, you kind of like to get away. It's the destination. It's some place to, to go and enjoy yourself. I do think it's going to change, though. I think, like I say, I think the industry is going to be driven more towards the the big blockbuster movies and the the smaller movies they're going to probably end up more likely on the 65 inch screens 414-799-1620 maggie in wauwatosa hi maggie you're on wtmj hi Hi. thanks for taking my call sure um i agree with you a hundred percent i think for myself, I don't. We don't go to movies as much as we used to, but there's still the date night thing, you know, mm-hmm. movies and dinner, and the girls' night out. Sure. Get together with a bunch of your friends, and there's always, you know, fun in that. Um, so there's. I think the movies are still having a lure. Plus, the other thing for me, you go to a movie, you don't have the the home phone isn't ringing. Um, right. Yeah, you, so you get away for a couple hours. Sure. Yeah. So I still enjoy going to movies, but I like to go in the are cheaper too yeah well that right i mean that that's kind of the appeal you know it's interesting it's funny you should mention that because i'm uh, i'm going to the brewers game tomorrow night and you know my wife said well one of her friends you know said oh, why don't we go to a movie tomorrow and it, you know, it's it is it, it's something you know you get out of the house you can you can do it um it, there there is i think there's always going to be a demand for them i do wonder that these giant multi-screen theaters and stuff that are showing 
the, the ones when there's not an Avengers out there that they can right. play on, you know, on, on a dozen screens at once. I, they're the ones that I wonder how they're going to make it. Cause is, is there enough? Can, can there, can there be eight good movies out at a time enough to sustain interest? That's what I question. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, but no, I, I'm with you. No, thanks for calling. And and by the way, I mean, I think you know, it, it's a fun experience. There, there's nothing like, there's nothing like going to a theater and taking part in that kind of communal experience. I'd love to go to movies, and and just you get in with the crowd reaction. I'm not a horror movie guy, but you know, or but it, it's a movie where people stand up and cheer at the end, or people kind of cry at the end, or people. It's the horror movie, and people you know jump. At the the end. Okay, here's a text. Mark says, I think it would be a great idea for movie theaters to host sporting events like the playoffs or Packers games. I would see pay to see that on big screens and enjoy it with a crowd. There are there are some I mean, I know over the years there have been some theaters that have, you know, opened up on Sunday afternoons, for example, to show the Packers games, you know, on on the big screens. I don't know what if they still do it. I don't know if there's still any around here that do it. But I mean again, it's a way of getting people into the theaters. I love the fact that the Marcus Theaters, they're um, in May, they, they bring back some of the old movies that, you know, have, have they're showing the, they're showing the Wizard of Oz. Oh gosh, and there was one other one that's escaping me that I want to see. But it, it, these are movies that candidly came out before my time that I've never seen on a big screen. Yeah, I've seen them a million times, but I've never seen them in color and stuff like that. I've, I've never seen them on the big screen. And, and yeah, I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of cool. I've seen that a million times, but I, I kind of like to go back. And I, I think they're onto something, you know, bringing back some of these classics and, you know, you show them for a couple of days as a way to attract some people. Yvonne in Germantown. Yvonne, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Yes, hi. Hi. Well, I'm a baby boomer, and I remember when we used to go to the movie for a quarter, and we could bring our own food and all that stuff in there. Do you remember, when I was a kid, as a baby boomer, I used to go to the the shows on Saturday afternoons, Uh you know, where they'd have like two movies and like six cartoons and all that, yeah. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. And and so I remember when they decided they couldn't do that, I was going to the movie with my aunt. And she was diabetic, so she had a she had a, a diet soda with her. And they said, "Well, you can't take that in." And <laughs> I was just perplexed because I was like, "Wow!" So you don't have a diet soda, so you either want her to drink <laughs> one and go into a diabetic coma or whatever. But like you say, the I mean, gosh darn, a candy bar, really, folks? Right. And, oh, right. So, so do I you do go? go let me ask you, Yvonne, Do you go to many movies now? I I really don't. Mm-hmm. There there were a couple that I wanted to see, mm-hmm. but when I went there, there were a lot of young people, and I don't want to be ugly, but having your phones on and your screens going <laughs> while yeah. I'm trying to watch the movie just isn't my thing. Yeah. So unless I get up and I'm there when they open the theater and I go to the 9 o'clock movie, uh-huh. after okay. that, you know, and people bring children in when it's an R movie. Yeah, that's... And, and, you know, you hear the kids screaming back there. I'm like, gosh, I could have stayed home with all my grandnieces and nephews. <laughs> if I, if know, I wanted... I if I wanted this, Yvonne, thanks for the call. I, you know, look, I, I kind of like the experience, but I, I do understand a little bit about what she's saying. I, I think movie theaters will always be there, and it, it's true. See, a lot of people are looking at this Avengers Endgame thing, and they're saying, okay, 
people will come out and you, you have the right movie that everybody wants to see and people will patronize it. The question becomes, you know, what do you do, you know, moving forward? So I hope they last. I, I don't go to as many movies as I used to. Candidly, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't flat interest me. There's a lot of things that I see and I'm like, okay, well, this might be okay to see, but I know it's going to be on Netflix or HBO or Cinemax or, you know, Showtime or something, you know, in, in two months. And do I really need to see it? But, you know, if there's a really good movie out there, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be going to it. And I'm just a little bit pickier, I guess. Maybe that's where it's come down. All right. When we come back, we're going to find out what John McCure and Melissa Barkley have on their minds for Wisconsin's afternoon news. I think it might be Bucks related. Keep in mind, the Bucks go for a three to one lead in the series tonight against Boston. Stick around.